Welcome to the second episode of the I Am Mentally Tough podcast. Today, my co-host David Anderson and I dive into the discussion of the role of parents in sports. We talk about what parents need to start doing and what they need to stop doing to improve their child performance on and off the court. Please do not forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate our podcast. Enjoy. Today's topic, G, tell me what the topic is today. What we topic about? of today is parents' roles in sports, which is a huge topic. And I know this is one that David, from the jump, when we decided to do this podcast, he was like, this is one of the things I want to talk about. So I'm excited to talk about this topic. So parents, they have a huge role in sports, right? Right. Obviously, they're the one that's, you know, taking the kids to the games, they're support paying for these tournaments but there could be you know a downside to parents in sports and that's what i want to talk about today what's the downside and what parents should be doing and how can they just continue to help support and um, continue giving confidence to the kids so dave let me ask you this when it comes to parents supporting kids in their sport you know how do you feel that they could support their kid and help them with their performance What's the best way that they can do that before a game, during a game, and after a game? Let's talk about before a game. Well, you know, I think, first of all, parents in sports, as you said, they are vital to what the kid can and can do, their transportation. But I think parents in sports, they need to be more of um, uh, a person that builds their kid up and not have so many expectations because as a parent, we know what our kid can do. We already have an idea what this kid can tap into. And what we forget is that as good as we think our kid is, they're nowhere near it where they're going to be at the youth level. I mean, we're dealing with children, immature. They don't get up. They don't want to brush their teeth. They don't, want, they don't, they don't have great responsibility roles. It's a, it's a learned skill. Yeah. But on in sports, I think that we expect greatness early because mm-hmm. we know what they can do because right. we probably pay play the sport and in our generation we were again mentally tough we were stronger we were able to over get over certain hurdles and have more fun and be more tough with it the kids nowadays don't have that same toughness but we still are living through them because again we know what we've done and we know what they can do right. and we tend to push them so before game, before practice, I think we need to be more of a, a coach, that a, a parent that can support them. Say, hey, go out there, do your best you can, and not have so many opinions. Yeah, or expectations, like you expectations, said. Expectations, like, all right, yo, he should be doing this. Again, I'm guilty of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some things I was guilty of. So I think mm-hmm. that's what we should have. Have our expect- expectations not so high. If the coach is coaching the child and the, the child is listening to the parent on the sideline, which is the right thing to do? Listen to the coach or listen to the parent? My thing is I'm not, I'm a parent, but I don't have a child playing sports yet. And I think as parents, we, of course, obviously parents who play the sport, we know who our child should pass to. But then at the end of the day, if the coach is saying, I want you to pass to this person, the child has to listen to the coach because they can't listen to the coach and the parent at the same time is going to cause confusion. The, the child will be frustrated. So, and you're smiling there because I know you may know better than the coach. The coach may be absolutely horrible, but at the end of the day, that child on the court 
only has one person to listen to when it comes to the X and O's and what to do. And that is the coach. And, and you may disagree with me, but you know, why I, have I, your, I, why have your child listen to the coach and you at the same time? And your instructions may be something completely different than the coaches. So what, so what right, happens then, right, right. you know, uh, the coach wants the child to pass and you want the child to shoot. And if the right. child shoots, guess who's sitting on the bench? Your right. child, right? You can't really. You don't have much to do. You can't do much about that. You can do a lot about that, though. But the coach, like what? Like what? So, so I think that the kids should listen to the coach. That's mm -hmm. the coach's job. When you're a parent, you you when you're over talking the coach, then you should be mm -hmm. coaching, right? Mm -hmm. Now there are levels of coaching, right? Some coaches aren't that great. Some are really good, right? We understand that part. Yeah. But from a parent standpoint, they want their kids to succeed. They're always thinking about their kid most oh, times, yep. right? And again, it goes back to KYP, knowing your personnel, yep. right? Coach says this guy's open, make the pass. The parent says that this kid is trash, don't pass that kid the ball, and then you shoot the ball. Now, when your kid going to take that shot, he's shooting over two and three people, which makes him look bad. But some parents think that I'd rather him shoot that shot than to pass it to this guy who I know is not that good and is going to miss anyway. Right, In my right. mind, that's not fair. You know, it's not your job to be, to not pass the open guy. It makes you look better to make the pass. So you apparently to be quiet mm -hmm. and let the coach coach, because if the parent wanted to help, go help the coach. Yeah, go help right? the coach. Or you go be the coach. Right, you know exactly. so much. If you know or so much. you can't just coach your kid. You should right. be encouraging the whole team on where to go help. But you're yelling at your boy or your girl because you know something that the coach may not know. You may have right. played a higher level. Yeah. So it's different levels to all this stuff of who, who you should listen to. Mm -hmm. But the main thing is you listen to the coach. That's your guy. That's the guys in the huddle. That's the general. Listen to him. You go from there. You always want to hear your parents in the background. That's never going to go away. But your parents can't over talk the coach. Right. But now the kid is confused and he's trying and to listen to his parent. Probably. Not embarrassed. No, these kids no, are embarrassed. No, some can, some can get embarrassed, especially if the parent is making a fool out of themselves. Like, mom, yeah. dad, shh. Now, but you know what? You know what's funny about that? Most kids support their parents because the parents want them to get buckets. Mm -hmm. And if my parents tell me to shoot the ball because I ain't scoring enough, remember we are not we in a me first society right now. Mm -hmm. So I got to get buckets so I can put it on my IG, so I can go and brag, yeah, 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 so yeah. I can have some swag. Mm -hmm. So I ain't really thinking about nobody else until you get a good coach that can make sure the team is unified and that discipline to make that piece that pass. That's the piece that we don't understand as parents and, and coaches and as team, as a team. If your child is not disciplined, he's not gonna make that pass, no matter what nobody say, because he's thinking about himself. And the team loses because that's a that could be a four-point swing when you mm -hmm. miss that tough shot yeah. that that guy was open. Or sometimes you miss a dump down layup that was a two-foot shot from the basket, but you took a, a, a low, a 12 foot shot when you should have passed the ball. Yeah. So there's so many things that you can kind of go back and forth with, but you should listen to the coach. They yeah. answer your question. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a long, a long answer to my long answer, but, long but answer. No, but it, it was a good answer. I appreciate that. So yeah, so at the end of the day, you know, you want the, you don't want the child to be confused, you know, listen to the coach. And again, the coach may be horrible, but at the end of the day, you're paying for your child to play in this, in this club and in, in this um, program. And if you don't like the program, then pick your child up and go to a different program. This, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Which leads to my next question. Yeah. You see a lot of parents taking their child, their 
their children out of these programs because they're not getting playing time. They don't like the coach. And it's, it's making the child and a parent look bad. So what's your advice to parents who continuously take their child out of programs because their child's not starting? Uh, they don't like the coach, just down a third. I can understand one move, but then if you're continuously taking your kids out of certain programs because you don't like the coach or you don't like the playing style, what's your advice to, coach, uh, to parents on that? Well, I think that, well, first of all, we have to establish that what is a parent's role again? Yes. Parents are agents, right? They are agents that don't get the, the 3% or 10%, right? Their investment is their kid. So they're going to do what's best for their child. Mm -hmm. Now, the issue with that is when you, like you said, you bounce around from club to club, you're not establishing any foundation. You're not sitting there to build something because you have a certain expectation of what the club should look like, what your kids should be getting, where they should be going. Now, the component is if you're not doing skill development and IQ development, mental, right, training. And mental training, mental toughness, right, then and weight training, right, and eating properly. So all these components fall into line with a uh, progression of a child at an early age. Now, mm -hmm. we know young kids can't do weight training, but yep. they can do resistance training, mm -hmm. right, because their muscles aren't developed. Yep. And they can do film work, which is the IQ part. Yep. They can do mental toughness, which is what, what you do very well. Talk to somebody that's mentally tough that can help them um, get through their confidence, get over these hurdles, yeah. understand how to play, you know, understand how to stay in the game, stay focused, and then the skill works is what I do. Mm -hmm. So these components are what people need, right? But the parents are the agents that don't like something and then the kid don't like it because the coach or the, the, the program may not be up to par and they go from place to place. The other bad side to that is, most programs are out there actively recruiting kids as soon as they come off the court. Yeah. So if they see a disgruntled parent or a kid that's not playing, they have people who go out there, they call them runners. Mm -hmm. Runners go out there and they pick up kids that aren't happy or they offer them other things that this club is not offering them yeah. and they leave. So it's a, it's a, it's a really, really, it's a devil's game. Really, yeah. AU is a really bad game yeah. from a cutthroat standpoint. So as a parent, that it's not with this, the current situation. They go from place to place. Mm -hmm. It doesn't build stability. Mm -hmm. It gives the kid a false sense of direction as he grows. They can just stop and quit and Entitlement. leave. Entitlement. Right. Entitled. I got to be over here. I should be getting this. Yeah. Like, dude, stick it out. Figure it out. Mom, yeah. get involved with the program, the organization, mm -hmm. and help as a unit if that's where you want to be and if yeah. you can see it growing because you have to have stability without a foundation you just gonna you know you build your program or your kid on a shaky start he feels like he can just bounce whenever somebody calls or he's not happy mm -hmm. he becomes a quitter at that level yeah. then he starts quitting and everything else because he thinks he can just yeah. pack his stuff up and bounce yeah. that's not good business that, that's not good business at all and they'll have a huge wake-up call when they get older Right. It's, it's, not, it's not like that. Unfortunately, it's not like that. So, right. um, and again, with the parents as well, let's talk about during the game and before the game, like I, you know, started with parents want their kids to have confidence. They want their parents, to, I mean, parents want their kids to have confidence. They want right. their kids to um, have self-control, but how do you expect your kids to have confidence or expect your kids to have self-control if you in the stands acting a fool? 
they're going to behave the way they see. So you need to be, you, you, you need to show, you need to be that example for your kids. So you're right. telling kids you need to have self-control. You need to relax, but you're in a stand acting a fool. So you can't tell your right. kid to do one thing and you're behaving the opposite way. You're telling them. Right. to behave. So right. I think parents do set the example. Um, they need to have that pregame talk, you know, listen to your coach, no matter what happens, I'm happy for you. So go ahead and do your best. I don't think they should do any last minute coaching because every child needs to have a game plan. They need to have a pregame routine, which a lot of right. kids do not have. And it's surprising that a lot of kids do not have pregame routines. I think parents should respect that pregame routine. They shouldn't break their pregame routine where they're telling them what to do last minute. No, the kid already prepared days ago, yesterday, the day before. They already have right, their, right, right. you know, their, their skill down packed. So for you to be like, okay, I want you to try this in between the leg, behind the back. No, they can't do that because they didn't practice it, you know? So um, one thing I say is when you go into competition, don't rise to the occasion, fall into your training. So when you're into the game, you're not doing anything new. You are falling back into your training and training again should be every day, every other day, get the right trainer to work with you. Right, right. Yeah. So what do you tell a kid? Here's the issue that I have. Most kids play, they play competition. Mm -hmm. they, they play down or they play through the competition. As a mental toughness coach, what would you tell a kid to how to play or how to prepare for all levels of basketball. I don't care what the opponent is, mm -hmm. because most kids get hype when they know the competition is hype. Yeah. Oh, yo, we gonna yo, these guys is dope. Yep. Let's get yep. it. But then when they see a team that they feel meant that they can beat, they wind up losing to that they team. Wind, wind up because losing, they yeah. played down, they weren't prepared because they right. thought that it had to be all super hype. Right. What's your answer to? So again, like, like I said, with the pregame routine, things need to be consistent. So I call it a daily success checklist. Everything you do has to be sort of the same. So let's say for also, and you got to live by your core principles. What are your core principles when it comes to playing? Disciplined, confident, um, process over outcomes. So if you go into the game with the same mindset, no matter who you're playing and you live by those five say, or- Say it again. The last one you said, process over, over outcome. outcome. Yes. How important over. is that? It's extremely important. And I know we're going off topic here. In no, you're not because it, it, it's, you're not. No, okay. It's not. So- um, process over outcome, very, very, very important because kids will go into the game. Like you just said, if they're, if they're playing a team that they know they can beat, they're already thinking about what am I doing after the game, after I whoop this team's butt, you know what I mean? Instead of worrying about the process of what they need to do every single day, every play up and down the court. So one possession at a time, you focus on the process and not the outcome of the game. A lot of times when they worry about the outcome, they already won or they, or they already lost, you know, depending who they're playing. So again, it's very important that they stick to the process. And like the Sixer says, trust the process, right? I'm huge yeah. on process and I'm huge on goal setting. That's why I just released that free ebook a couple of the days e ago. Ebook, if we get yes. to that. Yeah, e um, that's actually, I'll put that in a note. So it's so important in order for kids to play consistently, they have to have a process. And again, the core principles of what they're going to be entering the game with, again, confidence, process over outcome, disciplined, um, anything that they want to play with every single game, that's what they got to take into the game every single time. That's why you see a lot of kids are playing inconsistent. They don't have a normal routine. They're just going in there, just winging it and relying on talent instead of playing. Yeah, yeah. Just playing. Right, yep. right, right. Yeah. That's important. I know you think we're getting off topic, but it all ties in. You know what I'm saying? That's important the, the process of outcome because we're always watching the score. Mm -hmm. We're always watching that. Like, wait, Time out, man. Let's stay. Well, no matter what the score is, if we do what we're supposed to do, to do, yep, 
if we run this reverse or we hit the middle or we hit the and then we pass and we stop rushing and acting like you know the game is over in the first five minutes of the game you know it's two halves to a basketball game yes you have to play both halves consistently and then each team has a run or two or three runs Mm -hmm. per game we're going to have our run right yeah they may be hot right now but again if we trust the process they're going to miss right but we got to box out we got to make sure we get the rebound and then control the boards that we can go but we can't get it and then get it right back because turn it over because we're trying to rush 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 Mm -hmm. because the score is what it is so right. that's the important process of oh, it's, it's absolutely. And then again, it comes back to your core principles. Are you playing the game within your core principles? Sometimes people, you know, one of the core principles could be, um, again, let's use process of outcome again. It could be that. And, you know, all of a sudden they're thinking about, oh shoot, we only got five minutes left. We're about to lose this game. Let's not worry about that. Let's worry about the game one possession at a time. What are you doing this possession? So, um, Let's talk about after the game, parents after the game, after and let's talk. About, yeah, wow. let's that's, talk about. That's you so know, rough. If they, yeah, if they, especially, let's talk about if there's a loss after the game. What should parents do? Losses are always tough. Yeah. Right. No one wants to lose. Yeah. Right. Sportsmanship is important. Right. Beginning because it's a sport, but most times, and I'm guilty of this as well. So, parents, listen to me. Hear me carefully. <laughs> I'm guilty as well. I would get home or get in the car, me and my son and or my one of my sons, and I would automatically jump on them. Like, yo, what was that? What were you doing? Why you didn't do this? And they had no room to breathe, had no room to process. They are already pissed, mad, upset because they did their best. And here I am on a dad, overzealous dad on the sideline. You know, yo, go cut, move, talking over the coach when I should sit him, sit down and, you know, encourage him, you know, say a few things to him from time to time to make sure he's focused, right? But not to be distractive mm-hmm. and always talking while the coach is talking because whatever, because then the kid is confused. He's listening to me and the coach and trying to play the game at the same time. So I should, and I've gotten better over the years, let him come to me, say, hey, dad, what do you think? You know what I'm saying that's how yeah. that's the way I've gotten over the years. That's my son's gotten older. Yeah. I would get in the car, make a plan, you know, so we'll get something to eat where we're going. And I would kind of wait. I would say, Hey, good job, man. Oh, nice job. Yo, don't worry about the loss. Try to give him a word of encouragement. Yeah. But then let him start the conversation about, Hey, what do you think? What do I, what can I do better? As opposed to me always, because I do know, we always, we know I know better, interjecting my thoughts and what I saw from the outside looking in, what he should have done. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, now he doesn't want to talk about it. He shuts down. He's internalizing. He's mad mm-hmm. at me because I'm talking about something that just happened to where it probably was a really, really big game. Yeah. He doesn't want to hear nothing right now. He needs a minute to process it right. and just be quiet. Dads, moms, just be quiet. Put your music on. Let your son process yeah. it. Sit there, relax, and then, you know, at some point in time, maybe when I get to the location of dinner or halfway home, he may come out and say, hey, now I, what, what what can I do better? Or, what did you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you see? And yeah. then you can go into the spiel. Yeah. But that's what I would, I was, oh, that's absolutely. my advice. And with me saying how important it is to have a pregame routine, it's just as important to have a postgame routine. So when it comes to postgame routine, let me tell you about that. Um, you, I, for athletes, 
they should have at least an hour to a day to two days to get that loss out of their system. For me, two, two days. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't recommend two days, but I've heard athletes taking two days that depending on the loss, you know, it could have been a championship. For me, it was an hour. You know, I give myself an hour to decompress. All right, you know, you know, have that hard feeling, you know, as my heart just is just broken. So it's but, just an but, hour. Go ahead. But we always say you gotta have a short memory. Yeah, right? yeah, In yeah. Basketball. An you hour is short. Memory. An okay. hour is short, okay. especially if it's uh, one of those games where you prepared so well or a buzzer beater, like, oh, my God, right, right, an hour. Right. To, to me, an hour is good enough. Get that hour, you know, out. And so post-game routine, well, better how. This is how you evaluate or assess your post-game. Well, what went well? You write down one, what, what went well. You write then better. What can I do better? And how, how can I do it? So, for example, well, I, I rebounded well. Uh, what can I do better? I could take better shots. How are you going to do? How are you going to do it? I'm going to work with Coach Anderson on my pull-up jumpers. That's it. You have a little book. After a game, you write down in your little jersey. I mean, you write down in your little book, <laughs> and that's it. You know. And then in the ride home with your parents, I think as a parent, the best thing you can say is, "I love you," and I'm proud of you. That's it. And you wait until the athlete is ready to talk. Do not hound on that athlete telling them what they did wrong because they know what they did wrong. The coach know what they did wrong and their teammates know what they did wrong. And wow. after and after that, hold on. And after that post game talk that whatever they did wrong, it was probably brought up already. So they don't need to hear it again from the parents. So you need to wait until the child is ready to talk about it. And I'm pretty sure they'll be ready within hours to talk to you or today or next day. Okay, dad. I know I did this wrong. How can we, how can we fix it? Or let me know what you saw from you, from, from your perspective. How can I fix it? But right after the game is not the best time to talk about their performance or, you know, the outcome of the game. Just let them know that you are supporting them. You're happy for them and you love them. That's all they want to hear at the end of the day. And don't forget a hug and give the hug. Most, okay. You had a question. Go ahead. But most parents, and I'm playing devil's advocate right now. Mm -hmm. Most parents, they pay for this stuff. Yep. They they want results. Mm -hmm. We go to training. We work on our, our rebound for you in the driveway. We do all this preparation. You come out here and stink it up. What they, what am I supposed to say? As a parent that is still living through their kid and have these thoughts. Like, I, I just paid all this money. We just drove all this time. And you're going to do that? The parent should understand E plus R equals O, event plus response equals outcome. The event is the kid had a crappy game. Response, the parent has complete control over their response. So if the parent, right. the parent needs to realize I could go both ways. I could be supportive or I could be a a-hole and, you know, go, you know, and, you know, go all into my child. And he needs to realize the outcome of both of those. If I be supportive of my child and tell him I love him, it's going to be an easy ride home. My child is going to open up to me more. Or if I decide to be an a-hole, the outcome outcome is going to be my child is going to resent me. My child is not is not going to want to come to me and talk about the games anymore. So as right. a parent, you need to understand your response to the event is going to heavily influence the outcome. How do you want the outcome to 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 basically come out? How do you want your child to respond to you? So you have two ways. You could either be fascinated or you could be frustrated. And if you're frustrated, then it's not going to be a pretty outcome. Right, right. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. Well, I had to play devil's advocate just to yeah, get no, the, it's fine. the flip side to make sure that, you know, we understand that we have parents that no matter what we talk about, they are going to be overzealous. They are yeah. going to be in the kid's face because you have parents that say, hey, I just drove, if we go to Tennessee for a showcase yeah. from Richmond, 
That's a nine-hour drive. Mm -hmm. I'm not driving nine hours for you to come out here and stink it up. Mm -hmm. After we train for X, Y, and Z, you should be better. So those parents have to understand that, yes, there's a process, and you can't always jump on somebody because they have a great game. And the parents need to understand some games your child is going to be MJ. Some games they're not. They're going to be, you know, horrible. And that's what they need to understand. Um, Your child is not going to be the best every single tournament, every single game. And that's what the parent has to understand. And so, again, like I said earlier, if the parent wants the child to have self-control, how can they have self-control if they see you after every bad game? You're going crazy. You (laughs) You have to practice. You have to practice what you preach. Right. Right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And here's the thing. I did some research. A lot of parents are not aware that they're overzealous or aware <laughs> how they right. react in games. So oh, what, I saw, what I saw, what I saw is, I forget who it was. I can't remember, but a assistant coach decided to record one of the parents, nothing else, just the parent. And then after the game or a couple of days after the game, they gave the parent a tape and said, here, I want you to look at this and own this. Do not look at anything else but your reactions to the game. And then a couple of days later, the coach, I mean, the parent wrote back and said, I can't believe that's how I was reacting. They they have no self-awareness. So I think parents should start with some self-awareness as well. You know, making sure that they, they recognize when they're yelling too much or recognize when their body language is slumped over like, you know, and every kid wants to impress their parents. So, and I would also say this, when your child misses a shot, try to have a normal body language because if they miss a shot and you have over your head and you're like, oh man, the child sees that. And so now instead of, you know, going back on defense, he's thinking about, oh, I, I I just made my dad mad. I just made my mom mad. So try to have (coughs) that, that it's going to cough over me like that. No, I thought I put it on mute. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, I put it on mute. You heard it? I, I don't know. Well, I heard it. But um, so, <laughs> okay. And my thing is, as a parent, try to have a neutral, positive, either positive or neutral body language so that the child is not looking at you and, you know, your head is in your hands and you're, you know, acting, you know, a little bit you know, crazy because they missed a shot. Okay. And to, you know, come down, to put this in a close closing, I did see another stat that I researched. So when kids were asked about bad memories from athletics, do you know what the most consistent answer was? I would guess, (laughs) I would guess the most consistent answer is mom or dad cursing on the sideline. Like, you're close. Fool. Yeah, you're close. It was actually the ride home with mom and dad after games. Mm. That was the most consistent answer. And it's the same like, during the game and after. And I think after the game was because the parents won't be quiet. They're talking and the kid already know. I, right. I know this. My coach already told me. My teammates already. Well, mom, dad, I know. And first of all, you you're not playing in today's age. You know, <laughs> things, things are different. You know, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was that was the most consistent answer. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, right? The ride home is the worst. It is the worst. That's why kids want to ride with their friends. Mom, yeah, like, yeah. Can I ride with yeah. this guy? Because they don't want to hit the parent's mouth. Right. It's tough. The ride home is like prison, bro. It you is. Can't, you're yeah. locked in there. Yeah. You can't put your headphones on. No, nope. no. Nope. You can't nope. play your video games. Nope. You can't watch IG. No. Nope. They want to chat. They want to chat. Closes, the whole time. Boom. Key yeah. starts. Yo, what was that, B? Yeah. Like, what was yeah. that? Mom, dad, like. You, you, you didn't get back on D. You didn't right. box out. I drove four hours for this crap. You yep. wasted my time. You, yep. Bro, yep. parents, chill pill. Relax, parents. Relax, parents. <laughs> All Easy. right. 
I want to thank you all for tuning in once again. Coach Anderson and I had a great time recording this episode for you, and we hope you enjoyed listening. Please do not forget to subscribe and rate our podcast. And remember, motivation is what gets you started, but discipline is what keeps you going.